welcome to our next episode of Lessons in Orthopedic Leadership. My name is Charles Goldfarb, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alexander Aline, and we welcome a very special guest tonight, Steve Frick from Stanford University, who is the chair of the upcoming AOA annual meeting. Welcome, Dr. Frick. Thanks, Chuck. It's great to be here. I would love to share a few brief words of introduction and then get to the meat of the matter, which is why we are all so excited about the annual meeting in Providence during the second week of June. But first, I should introduce Dr. Frick. He has done a great deal for orthopedics in general. He's been very involved in the AOA. He was the leadership committee chair. He was on the board of the AOA. He has been a North American and ABC traveling fellow. He has also been president of POSNA, and he is currently the division chief of pediatric orthopedics at Stanford University. So he has accomplished a great deal, and he has guided us through the development of the program for the AOA annual meeting. And we, have, we are thrilled to have him as our guest to tell us why we shouldn't be excited, and we know we should. So I'll turn it over to Alexander for, to lead the way here, and then we'd love to hear all about it. Yeah, I think uh, exciting meeting coming up in June in Providence, Rhode Island, which uh, exciting location, actually not a common place that we go to for meetings. So I'm, I'm pumped about being able to see New England in the summer for, for the time that I spend there. Maybe Dr. Freak, kind of what was your vision in putting together this meeting? Was there kind of a common thread that you had? You know, one of the things with the AOA is all the little different kind of subgroups that we have really trying to hit things for everybody, but was there kind of an overlying theme that you and the program committee had when putting together this program? Yeah. Thanks, Alexander. I, I think that number one, it was, we're just excited to have a meeting. You know, we haven't been able in the pandemic to get together and to see each other. And I think for me, the great value in the AOA meeting is to go to the meeting, hear the content, and then walk out at the breaks or after or the morning coffee and talk to other orthopedic leaders about their thoughts about those topics. And, you know, when the program committee is putting together the program, which to all the listeners, I would tell you, Dr. Goldfarb has to do that next year. So help him out. And one of the things that makes it a great meeting is that our organization is really populated with leaders who have really good ideas and are facing, you know, challenges that are common to other orthopedic leaders. And so we really rely on our membership to submit good ideas for symposia. And, you know, we, we have a seventh symposia this year stacked with really incredible orthopedic talent and leaders that people recognize as well as some new faces. And I think that's part of what really excites me. But to answer your question, you know, when, when I started looking at it, there were really a couple of things that I really thought we should try to emphasize and really be proud of. And number one is that we have talked a lot about diversity in orthopedics and the need to become more diverse. And so as we celebrate the annual meeting led by our first female president, the first symposium that we're going to kick off the meeting with is about how to build a great orthopedic department for the next decade. And rather than talking about diversity, we're going to represent and and show diversity. And all of the panelists and speakers for that meeting are new chairs in you know, prestigious orthopedic departments. And it just so happens that they're all women. I think that we're going to hopefully see that that's not such a rare thing anymore and it's going to become the norm and no one's going to be surprised. But I think in in my time in the AOA, this will be the first time that we have a panel with a moderator that are all women. And so Susan Bacata will moderate that. She's the chair at UCSD. 
and then doctors cared from Michigan and Dr. Armstrong from Penn state and Dr. Berger from uh, Colorado will be her uh, panelists. And they're going to tell us about the future of orthopedic departments and challenges that face orthopedic leaders in building a department. So I'm really excited about and purposely sort of we're kicking off the meeting to kind of make that statement. Yeah, I love that. It's an amazing panel of leaders and for those of you who are listening who have not delved into the symposia, it's a compelling description of what they're going to talk about. So I'm really looking forward to that one. The second symposia completely takes it in a different direction around artificial intelligence. And I believe, as I recall, this was a, a submission, as you just alluded to, from Alpesh Patel. Yep, exactly. And, you know, a, another thing that we want to do at the AOA meeting is stretch you and and show you things that are kind of out there and wild and like, how's it, is that, is that going to ever happen in my hospital and, and with my group? And so Alpesh Patel is going to lead a symposium on how AI is evolving and what machine learning can do to help us today in our clinics and in our ORs and help us take better care of patients and sort of what the future is. And I think that one for me, that's sort of the, that's our futuristic, you know, what's, what's it look like? How's orthopedics going to change? You know, the third symposium was born out of the relationship between the AOA and the AAMC, and Charles Day is going to moderate that, and that symposium is on gender justice, and I think a timely topic given, you know, the last couple of years in America, and uh, particularly with regards to orthopedics and some of the challenges that we are trying to address and I think are succeeding and the AOA I think is leading in that area and some really just incredible, you know, AOA leaders. So, you know, uh, Dr. Van Heest, who's now in the presidential line, Kim Templeton, who has been, you know, at the forefront of these issues for all of my orthopedic career and Lisa Latanza, who's the chair at Yale and she will follow and I'm sure do a better job at this program chair gig than I have done. And Chuck's got his work cut out for him if he's going to put on a better meeting than Dr. Latanza. So that symposia, I think, is going to be really excellent. And then uh, the fourth symposia, which will end our first day, is really about science. And I think one of the things that we should do as leaders is we have to keep promoting the fundamental scientific foundations of our profession. And one of the nice things about the AOA is that that then cuts across all subspecialties. And so Connie Chu has put together a program about how high level science changes the way that we take care of patients and with multiple different subspecialties. And so Bill Maloney is going to talk about particle disease and arthroplasty and improvements in bearing surfaces Martha Murray, who's recently been promoted as the new chief at Boston Children's Hospital, is going to tell an incredible story of her career at studying the ACL and how to get the ACL to heal instead of uh, replacing it. And then McAllis Hogan from the University of Pittsburgh is going to talk to us about how to build a foot and ankle research program and things he learned from his mentor, Freddie Fu, about, you know, how, how to if if you're just starting and 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 he he started his career under Freddie there Pittsburgh and Buildings Research Program, how do you make it successful? So I, and that'll that'll get us through the first day and I mean that's jam packed. That's, there's a lot of information in that one. I'm already seeing the gauntlet being thrown down for Chuck for next year. That's hard to top. 
And then it's interesting. So that the next morning, the next symposium kind of talking about the role of the AOA, it's pretty interesting because I think for a lot of people, you know, when you're balancing the meetings and you're balancing all the different subspecialty commitments that you have, sometimes AOA gets a little bit forgotten or even for younger surgeons like myself, something that you're not sure if you should try to commit to. I think there's, you know, we've talked about this before, what's the access to the AOA? But that seems to be kind of interesting, kind of talking about really what the role and the pivotal role that the AOA plays and sort of the multi-subspecialty, you know, world that orthopedics has really become. Absolutely. And, and I think that that is the kind of the purpose. And it's something that during my career, and I've been fortunate to be involved in different roles in both the AOA and the academy, uh, and particularly around leadership development, that like this symposium is going to be about leadership in orthopedics and what are the roles of the different organizations and how should we work together? How should we communicate with each other? What is the role of subspecialty societies and how do they then relate to the AOA and the AUS? And for the individual orthopedic leader, then it's about like, okay, what's my role in each of those organizations and how do I put that all together? And at least for me in my career, being involved in the AOA where like, it's great to see like what my individual tree looks like, but it's much more enlightening to see what the forest looks like. You know, we talk about that, that, you know, you can't see the forest because you're staring at your, your one tree and you can, you know, orthopedics is getting so subspecialized for good reasons that you can sort of get away from the big picture. And I think that one of the roles of the AOA and the Academy is that there are organizations that let, let's all contribute to the big picture and to the growth and development of the profession as a whole. And how do we best do that together? And how do we do that with a relatively small group of orthopedic leaders, you know, of the 30 X 30 ish thousand orthopedic surgeons, you know, the people that are in leadership roles are the ones that really are going to make the decisions that change how those groups interact with each other, what they do and, and really how they spend volunteer capital. And that's really the, what, when I look at orthopedic organizations and have been in situations where I'm asking people to volunteer their time to help forward knowledge and forward collaboration and forward professional development of young people. Really for me, that's, that's been probably the most gratifying thing of being part of the AOA is that this organization, you know, that's, that's its core, you know, helping people develop their careers and their both personally, professionally, and, and paying it forward with the next generation, which is where you see, you know, cord going. And so I think there's a lot to, unfortunately, the, the, the thing that I am most disappointed about in our symposia is that we only get 90 minutes for each one. Cause I'm telling you like this orthopedic symposia on unity and how they work together, like it could take the whole day. But what I hope will happen is that it's going to open up a lot of things that members leave after hearing the symposium, the presenters and the question and answers. And there's a lot of talk at the coffee breaks and at lunch. And that evening, we're hoping to have a network power hour, we call it uh, Friday evening. And I'm hoping that a lot of the topics that people hear about the first day, and then the, particularly that first one on Friday morning leads to a lot of conversations uh, between orthopedic leaders. I think that's really well said, Steve, and it, it does look to be an excellent symposium. And I guess I would say for those younger listeners who are wondering, is it intimidating being at the meeting or am I going to be welcome and kind of where do I fit in? 
All I can say is, you know, we want everyone to be there. And the, the emphasis at many residency programs is on leadership education and the AOA does it really well. And so each of these that we've discussed has really kind of, each are very different. Each can help develop you as a leader in a different way. So I, I love everything we talked about. And then symposium number six, I like also, there was a symposium last year I was involved with regarding COVID and the impact on COVID. It was mainly a financial look. This takes it to a different level, a leadership and education during and after COVID-19, back to the future or a new normal. Tell me what Dr. Plancher and others have planned here. Yeah, you know, I think that this, you know, one recurring theme when you're involved in leadership development and taking these courses and being involved around them is that sort of the one constant is that one real role of a leader is to deal with change and to adapt and move forward and doesn't matter if you, you know, read Who Moved My Cheese or, you know, but, uh, or John Cotter, you know, that the difference between managing and leading is, is sort of being able to adapt and deal with change. And that's really what Kevin Plancher and this group are targeting is like, what are the changes from COVID? How are we going to, you know, lead? How are we going to teach? How are we going to run departments and courses? And has the pandemic really, you know, we, we all, we're doing this now, you know, we're, we're podcasting and Zooming and, you know, and how, do, how does that change our world? And so Kevin has, again, you know, David Rooch from an upper extremity surgeon, a longtime AOA contributor from Duke, Bernie Morey, previous president of the AOA, and I think well-known to everyone who does upper extremity shoulder, elbow sports, and probably just does orthopedics. And then they have a, a guest speaker who's the CEO of the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education to talk about adult learning and how things are going to change with groups like ours that are putting on courses like this. So I think it's, it, it's, it's going to be about change and how, how we address it and deal with it. And then I, I love the last symposium. It kind of rounds out sort of maybe the beginning, looking at sort of defining that gap in training, specifically looking at imposter syndrome, which may affect maybe our, our women and minority trainees a little bit more disproportionately than some of our kind of white male trainees. So uh, maybe speak a about that and kind of how that kind of rounds out the uh, the symposium. Yeah, so that will be on a Saturday morning, and will precede the core programming. And I think is really, I, you know, I, I was actually listening to an interview of Viola Davis, the actress, and then read a piece by Henry Winkler. And you know, evidently in their field, which I'm not an expert in, but actors and actresses often feel like they're, you know, Tom Hanks, one of America's greatest. He feels like he's just about to be discovered that he's really a fraud and he really can't act. And this is all just, you know, and so this idea of imposter syndrome, I think maybe something that actually is motivational and, and actually pushes people to achieve great things. And so it may not be such a bad thing, but I think as someone who's been a residency director for a long time and now vice chair of education, it's pretty common to see both residents and then junior faculty, you know, feel like, I'm not quite there yet. I, I'm missing something or that, you know, and I think they're going to address all those things and how to feel better about that and how to maybe use it as motivation to get better. But Julie Samora has put together again, another all-star panel, Christy Weber, first female president of the Academy is one of the speakers, Alex Ganeum, who's been on the board treasurer, I think of the AOA and is chair himself now. I think that's going to be a fantastic lead into the core programming about how do we do a better job, you know, educating our, our residents. Perfect. Let's hit on a few more topics before we close. 
And again, I, I encourage all the listeners to really dive into the program, which is uh, obviously available online. I want to start with another session that I'm very excited about, which is the Leadership Institute. And I don't believe I've attended a Leadership Institute in the past. And this one's called Positivity to Flourish for Actions. And this is uh, from Stephen Swenson, who is, has written about this in the past. What, what, how, did he, how did this end up happening? And, and kind of just talk through this one. Well, I think that, you know, the, the, again, getting perspectives that are relevant to orthopedics, perhaps not, and you as an orthopedic surgeon may not even recognize those common threads or things and getting some outside talent. And, but the, you know, part of the program committee's charge um, each year is to put together a leadership institute sort of programming where we try to get external talent to come expose us to things that, you know, maybe reframe the way we think about a problem or deal with a common leadership challenge. And, you know, it may be negotiations or HR issues or sometimes finance. So I think that that symposium is along those lines. And I think that, you know, it often leads members to think about exploring a different avenue of education. So, you know, I know a number of my colleagues and friends have gone to hear speakers like that. The next thing I know, they're getting a graduate degree at a place where that speaker came from, you know, and, and really get enthused and excited about the topic and, and continuing to learn and challenge themselves. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds amazing. I think obviously very appropriate for uh, kind of you know, recent events there, maybe focusing on some of the things for some of the younger attendees there, you know, the resident leadership forum was my first entrance into the AOA. One of my highlights I remember in kind of getting me into academic orthopedics, leadership, kind of understanding the role of a leader as an orthopedic surgeon. Seems like a great program chaired by Dr. Dyer. What's kind of the the buzz about that? And I'm interested uh, to hear a little bit about the session led by Dr. Salazar as well. Well, you know, I, I'm not sure that I know that the, what George has planned with Dr. Salazar, you know, that the those two programs, the, both the Resident Leadership Forum and the Emerging Leaders Program have grown so much that the annual meeting program chair, like, you know, that they, they have their own program committees and, and do. But what I will say is that, like, that's the key. So the key for the, the, the future of the AOA is the development of those individuals. And, you know, I think many of them, like you, Alex, go to the Resident Leadership Forum get a taste of what the AOA is about and what orthopedic leadership is about. And uh, I remember a resident from Charlotte, like going to that and coming back and saying, you know, like that's the first time I ever went to a meeting where I felt like I was in the right place. Like I got it. And that, you know, resonated with me because, you know, not that it's not important to talk about what size screw you put in and what the pitch of the threads is and all the technical things, but, you know, that these topics are about, you know, leading the profession. How do how do you how do you how do you maximize your own personal potential? And as I like to say, you know, when you want to become a leader, in the beginning, it's about you prepare yourself. You know, get as educated as you can, get as many experiences as you can. But then once you become a leader, it's not about you anymore, and it's about everybody else. You know. And that's kind of the big picture thing that people sort of get when they come to the resident leadership forum and then the emerging leaders forum, and then see that evolve into what gets presented at the AOA and they see the AOA leaders. 
And so hopefully what both of those programs will do will inspire young people, put people like Dr. Goldfarb in front of them. And people will say, I want to be like him, you know, put, put people in front of him like Susan Bacata and say, I'm going to be like her, you know, and, and then the AOA provides the platform to learn all the things you need to learn to do that. And that's really what the RLF and the ELF are about is uh, kind of opening up that window to people. And typically, you know, I think it's the job of the residency program directors who pick the residents. And then for those of us who are members of the AOA, we should be looking for talent in nominating people to be in the emerging leaders program. Cause you know, I don't know if it happened to you guys, but it happened to me and it happened to a lot of people that I talked to is that somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, you know, you should think about doing this. This is a good program, you know? So hopefully there'll be a lot of people that show up that get inspired. And then they find out that what the AOA does, it provides the pathway if you want to develop your leadership skills. Again, well said, well said, super helpful. Just to highlight a few other things, Larry Ty is the Howard Steele lecturer speaking on heroes, anti-heroes and pals. And I, I know you probably weren't involved in the selection, but really great topic. No, that's a great topic. And it reminds me back when I was doing uh, leadership development for the, for the AOA, the, the very first Kellogg series uh, which now has evolved into the Apex program and is hosted at Southern Cal. But the very first Kellogg series, one of the most popular speakers and most popular sessions we had was a guy named Edward FX Hughes. And his talk was about recognizing anti-heroes and how as a leader, that was an important task to learn how to, to, to do, to recognize, and then what do you do with them? because they often can be disruptive. So I'm really looking forward to that talk because I, I haven't really thought about that topic probably since I was in that Kellogg course, although I deal with it not infrequently in my job as a leader in, in, in the hospital. A couple other things to highlight. The uh, interesting thing that, that maybe new this year is kind of mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, the commitment to diversity. There's a DEI think tank being moderated by uh, Drs. Latanza and O'Day a very interesting kind of topic about debiasing kind of the way that we recruit. Is this something that's open to any attendee to, to come and, and learn a little bit? As far as I know, I don't think there's any limits on anyone attending. I think that the other person that I think is involved in this is potentially Erica Taylor, who's at Duke. But what's, what's happened with this whole group is that, you know, during the time of COVID at a time where we had a lot of both gender issues and racial issues really come to the forefront in our country societally. Orthopedic departments and recognizing that have started creating positions that didn't exist before, like vice chair for diversity, equity, inclusion, or, you know, at Stanford, we have a diversity, equity, inclusion council in the department that we didn't have before. And what Dr. O'Day, Dr. Latanza, Dr. Taylor, other orthopedic leaders have kind of recognized is like, there's not a place for those people to kind of get together and share ideas and best practices. And so that's an attempt. This is an attempt to sort of start to organize that. And I think that the AOA in the annual meeting is a perfect place for that. And maybe we can close and, and then ask for your final comments with our presidential guest speaker, which is a name that is, I assume, known to everyone. It's Angela Duckworth, who is the author of the book Grit. 
which has been a catchphrase in orthopedic programs, identifying grit, teaching grit, hopefully living grit. So we're all excited to hear the fireside chat with Serena Hu and Dr. Duckworth. Any comments there or any, any comments? Oh, I think it's going to be fantastic. And I think that, I think it'll be interesting to see where my suspicion is that she's further along from the book that a lot of us have read and stuff that we've done. And I think that that's going to be for me really what I'm looking forward to is like, where is that taking it, uh, taking her and what is she thinking about and working on now and in her lab, so to speak, or her research and writing and, you know, grit's important. I mean, I think we all now recognize that, you know, we, we weren't sure to what to call it before, but now we've got a term for it. And, you know, once things get defined and you know what to call it, how to define it, what to look for, then you can work on improving it and uh, evaluating it and, and hopefully teaching it. So I'm really excited about that. And I think it's going to be a, a great guest speaker. I mean, this has made me super excited and I'm thinking about expanding my trip to, to Providence. So uh, I'm excited about the meeting. Again, the AOA annual meeting encompassing all the subgroups, I think June 4th to 18th, Providence, Rhode Island, on the uh, hotel and convention center there. Steve, really appreciate the time and looking forward to connecting in person finally. I think that's probably one of the best uh, things about this is being able to, to come back and see a bunch of friends and get to see the AOA at its finest. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing all of you there and for all the listeners, all of them there. And then tell the listeners, like, tell your friends to come. I think it's going to be a fantastic meeting and Providence is really going to be a great venue. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for having me. Good talking to you guys.